You're listening to the Hippie Haven Podcast. I'm Callie, and it's my life mission to empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to spark positive change in your community. If you're new here, I'm the owner of Bestowed Essentials and Hippie Haven. I started Bestowed Essentials just over three years ago, and today our handmade, eco-friendly personal care and cleaning products can be found on the shelves of over 200 stores across the U.S. and Canada. Bestowed Essentials is one of the 15 winners of the Stacy's Rise Project Class of 2020, and we are also recognized by FedEx as one of their top 100 small businesses in the U.S. for two years in a row. In December 2019, my team and I opened Hippie Haven, a zero-waste store and community space in Rapid City, South Dakota. Of course, I also host this Hippie Haven podcast, and we release new episodes every Wednesday, which you can get instantly downloaded to your phone for easy listening by subscribing to the Hippie Haven podcast on any of the major podcasting apps. You can find the show notes and transcript for every episode on hippiehavenpodcast.com. You can also learn more about me on our website. You can follow along on Instagram at hippiehavenshop or subscribe to our YouTube channel to see more behind the scenes at both of our Earth Conscious companies. Today's episode is brought to you by Sustain, shame-free products for periods and sex made with your body in mind. Sustain carries menstrual cups, plus a line of 100% organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners with no synthetic additives or fragrance. Their condoms are vegan and fair trade, and their skincare line is paraben and petroleum-free. Visit hippiehavenpodcast.com forward slash sustain to shop sustain products today. Tara McCain is a health coach who helps women use the power of their menstrual cycles to tune in to what their body needs and work with their body instead of against it. Tara's clients track their menstrual cycle and use that information to make confident choices about their health, get more done in their business, and prioritize nourishing themselves. Today we're talking about fertility, listening to your body's needs, working with your hormones, and more. So let's get started. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into learning about fertility. So I really got into learning about fertility uh, because it was my journey to having kids. I, uh, it took me about two and a half years to get pregnant. And so through the journey of figuring out what was going in my body, focusing on um, my cycle and starting to understand my cycle and understanding when I ovulated and tracking my temperature and my cervical fluid and all of those things really focused me uh, on that piece of it and understanding my cycle and what my body could do. And on part of that journey, you know, we, we tried for a while as most people do, and then went to a, a doctor who said, well, you know, here, here, just take this medicine, you know, take the Clomid, which will give you more eggs and then you'll get pregnant. And for me, I just really I really wasn't ready for that at that point in time. I knew my body could do more. I just wasn't quite sure what that was at the time. So we didn't do uh, the medicine right then. And I took about a year and I worked with an acupuncturist and I also changed the foods I was eating, um, really got rid of a lot of stress in my life and really grew to understand what was going on in my body and my cycle. And so about a year later, after we had been trying for almost two years at that point, 
we did go to reproductive medicine and we did start down that path of medications and, and more treatments. Uh, but I went into it knowing so much more about my own body and so that I was able to advocate in that space that um, often I just felt like it was about my numbers and about not really about who I was in that space. And so what I had learned about my cycle and what I had learned about my body and learning to trust the information from my body helped me to advocate in that space where sometimes I felt like I was left out and it was just about what was going on in my body, but not who I was. So that was really where I began this journey with cycles and fertility. Um, and then it's just grown from there as far as I started coaching uh, because I really felt that I had found a coach and, and the help that they had given me was the help that I knew I had wanted when I was going through fertility. So I started my journey coaching women in the fertility space and then now also coach women um, to get to know and understand their cycles, their menstrual cycle uh, as a way to help with their self-care and to be more productive and really take care and nourish themselves in a different way than, than maybe we're used to. I've actually done a podcast episode, I think about a year ago, maybe more now, um, about for fertility tracking, but kind of from the opposite point of view of using uh, tracking your fertility as a natural birth control method. So I'm interested to dive in today and to learn more about, you know, understanding your body and using it to, to actually get pregnant instead of to, to be avoiding pregnancy. Um, so tell me more about what you work with, with your clients and, you know, how our menstrual cycles are connected to our well-being. Yeah, so as far as um, this is a different perspective, if we we're talking about getting pregnant, so learning when you're ovulating and learning when, um, when you are and can be fertile. Um, the work that I do with women more broadly as far as cycles is understanding that, that our cycles aren't all bad. And that's mostly what we've been taught is we talk about the PMS and the painful periods and the headaches and the irritability, but we don't often talk about all of the other things that the entire cycle can bring to us. And we don't often talk about the fact that our painfuls aren't, our periods aren't meant to be painful, um, that if we are having pain and that we are having symptoms, that it's an indication of something going on in our hormones. And so the, the work that I do with women now is about tuning into what's going on in their body and really tracking their menstrual cycle and what goes on. We talk about the four phases of the menstrual cycle, what goes on in each phase of that menstrual cycle and what the information your body is telling you in each phase um, tells you about your underlying hormonal shifts and how you can use the the way that your hormones are set up at that time to get different things done at different parts of your cycle. And it's also a really good reminder that we also need rest and that so often we don't take rest and we try and push through. And um, we have this mindset that if we only work harder, we'll get more done. But women's bodies don't necessarily work that way. And the, when we start to understand what our body is telling us and that we do need rest and we start to value that just as much as the times in our cycle when we do get to have more energy and push harder and do more things 
out in the world, uh, when we start to value that rest as well and stay within the flow of our hormones and within the flow of our cycle, uh, we actually get more done and we nurture ourselves in very different ways. I'd love to dive into this more specifically. What are the four phases of our cycles and, and how are they affecting us and our, our performances in life? So the four phases of our cycle, so we'll start with menstruation, the one that everyone knows really well. And so day one of our cycle is the first day of our bleeding. And uh, so menstruation, usually the phase menstruation is the days of our bleeding. For um, women, typically that lasts from three to seven days. And during that time, our hormones are actually at really low levels, uh, the lowest of the whole cycle. And it really allows us to turn more inward and to evaluate what's going on um, in our life, what's working and what's not working. It provides us more of that intuitive sense of what's going on. And it's a time and a space for that rest and restorative practices that we often kind of push through. And so when we uh, take this time to give our bodies that rest, it can impact the rest of our cycle. And so the next phase of our cycles is called the follicular phase. And that's when our egg is maturing and growing. And that is our hormones are also rising at that point in time too. So we're starting to feel more energy. We're starting to feel, um, more of an outward pull, like we want to be out in the world a little bit more. And during this part of our cycle, um, often we're very creative and we're coming up with new ideas and um, starting to plan out things. So that's something that can be really useful during this time is when you know you're in the follicular phase, you can start to plan ahead for what's coming up and uh, have more of that creative visioning process going on. As the egg matures, it gets ready for release. Um, and the time that it's released is called ovulation. And so ovulation is, is a one day event, but we talk about the phase of ovulation is around the time, four or five days around the time of the egg being released. And um, if you're tracking for fertility, that would be your fertile window. So that the time when your cervical fluid is changing and you can get pregnant um, during this time. But for those of us not getting pregnant, looking at what our hormones are doing. So this, our estrogen is at, at its highest level during this time. So we have a lot of outward energy and we want to be more social um, and be out in the world and be seen and be visible. So I talk a lot to uh, women in business and this is a really good time to you know, create videos or do a presentation, you know, if, or this is a great time to ask your boss for a raise because your, your energy is more outward, your verbal skills are more fluid, you're also more receptive to other people during this time. So it's a great time to, to do those things and be really social out in the world. After ovulation is called the luteal phase, and that is usually about two weeks. And that first, the first week of that, women are often still feeling all of that energy from uh, after ovulation. But the luteal phase is really a time to kind of get things done and fill in the details of all of those plans that you, that you made during the follicular phase. 
it's a great time to like clean out your closet or, you know, do all of the detailed accounting work that you need to balance your checkbook and pay bills and things like that. Your body and your hormones are, are set up to do a lot of that detailed work and that comes more easily to you during that time. Uh, the second week of the luteal phase is often the week that we talk about most because this is often when people or women are having PMS symptoms and noticing things like cramps or um, back aches, uh, noticing breast tenderness, or that they're just more irritable around, uh, to the people around them. So this is really bringing up those things that might not be working in your life anymore. And those signs and symptoms of PMS are actually information about what your hormones are doing throughout the month and where you may be out of balance. And so you really can use that information, one, to take it into your next time of bleeding and kind of evaluate what's going on for you in your life. And if something's not working, then you can kind of plan ahead and decide what you want to do and set intentions moving forward. As far as like PMS symptoms, knowing what's going on can help you to then support your body with certain foods and nutrition and certain lifestyle changes that can help you stay more in a hormonal flow where you don't experience uh, as many symptoms or your symptoms are lessened. What are some of those lifestyle changes that you recommend to reduce the PMS symptoms and, and the fatigue and the irritability and, and all of that? Yeah, so I was just talking about one of these with uh, my group this morning and one of the big ones is sleep. So making sure that you get really good sleep I talk a lot about being protective of your sleep time and making sure that you get to bed at the same time and get up at the same time because your hormonal cycle is a rhythm and it's an extended month long rhythm. But if we talk about your circadian rhythm, there's a time when you wake up and your hormones wake you up and then they decrease during the day so that then you fall asleep. And so making that rhythm flow very smoothly supports your hormones to flow more smoothly as well. We also talk about eating more whole foods and making sure that you're getting the nutrients that you need to support your hormones, which also helps to decrease um, inflammation in your body uh, because inflammation and stress and things like that also impact your cycle. So in addition to foods being inflammatory and stressing your body, just generally the stress that you have in your life. So finding movement that really feels good to your body and nourishing to your body, um, finding ways to manage stress, whether that's meditation or just taking a walk outside and, and being out in nature can be really beneficial for helping us to decrease that stress in our life that, that impacts our hormones. What are some of those foods that cause inflammation in our bodies? So there's a, a lot of foods uh, like gluten is one thing that causes inflammation for a lot of people in their bodies. Uh, sugar is something else that can be getting into our diets in a lot of different ways that can cause inflammation. Dairy for many people is something that causes a reaction. And then some people also notice uh, soy or corn or eggs can be uh, inflammatory. And a lot of it is you know, the, the more processed a food has been, the more inflammatory it often is. So the more you can eat whole foods, the less inflammation you're, you're going to be having in your life. 
And then what are some tips that you have, um, going back to what we were talking about earlier with how our hormones change and our energy levels change throughout our cycles, what are some tips that you have to utilize that to your advantage and to schedule your personal and your professional life around your cycle and, and your best performances? Yeah, so I think the one of the biggest things is to to start scheduling more rest um, during your menstruation and during your bleed so that you have more energy throughout the cycle. And it's not always possible to completely schedule everything outside of the time that you're menstruating. But if you do have a big event and you're menstruating, how can you build in more rest time around that event so that you are really nurturing yourself and can be at your best during that time. Uh, so as far as the follicular phase, that time is, is really that creative time that I talked about. So if you are um, doing things like writing blog posts or um, creating content for social media, or if you have a creative aspect to your job, this is a really good time to harness that energy of creativity and creating plans. If you have to do a big project at work, this is the time to really outline what you want that project to look like. And, um, and then you fill in the details later, but this is a really good time to have that, that process of planning and laying out the plans. Ovulation is a great time to really make presentations and um, do the, the more social outward energy um, aspects of your job. So if you have to make a presentation or if you um, have to make a lot of phone calls or things where you're interacting with other people, that this is a really good time to, to have those communications during and around ovulation. And then the luteal phase uh, is the time when you fill in those plans. So that, that's the time where you really dig into the plans that you made and, and put in those details of how actually is this project gonna work and how are we gonna get all of these little um, pieces put together so that we can create that plan. And then also in the luteal phase, looking at what do you need to do to support yourself as, you, as your energy kind of comes back in and you're gonna take a little more of that rest time. How do you prepare to step back a little bit so that you can give your body more rest? So if you are doing a lot of content writing, can you do a lot of your content writing during your follicular phase so that while you're menstruating that you can not have to create all of that, but maybe just get it all posted or, using your luteal phase to get it all scheduled in a scheduler so that then you can just move forward um, and, and give yourself the rest time and taking a step back from that. So I think the rest piece and looking at the rest piece as just as valuable as that outward energy and being visible that is often really prized and that you know being out there in the world is often the thing that we look at as what we want to do in the world, but taking that time to rest and realign with what, what our why is and why we're doing what we're doing and realign with who we are is really important as well. So you've talked about how food impacts the body. What about uh, external products that we're consuming? What about our, our skincare and our makeup and you know the cleaning products that we're using and even the clothes we're wearing? How are those affecting our bodies and our hormone levels? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of things out in um, our environment that do impact our hormones a lot. There's a lot of what are called xenoestrogens in plastics and in our our uh, skincare products that actually disrupt our hormones. And so they can actually be contributing to, you know, our PMS symptoms because our body is working really hard to uh, detox and take care of the hormones that we're creating. And then if we're also adding on hormones to our body, then um, by the products that we use, the cleaning products that we use, that it's even more work for our body to get rid of those. And they circulate in our bodies and um, they disrupt our hormonal flow. And so I love what you're talking about as far as the all of the DIY projects that you have for making your own um, your, your own products that you can use because so many times what we buy in the store has things that are not um, good for our bodies or good for the environment for that matter. Uh, but it, talking about hormones specifically, they mimic our hormones in our body and, and disrupt the normal flow of hormones that we have. What are some of these common in ingredients or, or products or categories even that, that we should be avoiding because they, they're known to really disrupt our hormones? Yeah. So a couple of things that I um, have women look for is anything with the, the suffix parabens. So parabens is a big hormone disruptor. So sometimes they're called methylparaben or ethylparaben. There's lots of different um, prefixes to the word, but if you're looking for parabens, that's one that can be really disruptive to your hormones. Um, another one that gets a little bit sneaky is phthalates and phthalates are often in, um, a part of what they label as fragrance or parfum or perfume that you know fragrance is a big catch-all and they can have lots of different chemicals fall under that and because it's a proprietary mix they don't have to tell you what those are and so when I'm working with women I have them really look at the labels and if anything has fragrance in it that's really um can be really disruptive to your hormones. So that's one of the big ones that I have people look at and try to not, um, or to find products that don't have that. As we're wrapping up, I actually want to go back to, to talking about fertility, because as I mentioned earlier, I've done a podcast before about fertility tracking as a natural birth control method, your own journey, and a lot of your coaching revolves around fertility tracking to get pregnant. And so I'd actually love to hear some of your advice on um, how to be more fertile and, and how to increase your chances of becoming pregnant if, if that's what somebody is looking to do. Yeah, so for fertility, I think that one of the things is if you have been using hormonal birth control um, as your way to not get pregnant, understanding that it is gonna take a little time for your body to transition off of the hormonal birth control. And because the birth control um, has disrupted your um, gut health, that you may not have been absorbing the nutrients that you need to support uh, creation of hormones and the maturation, maturing of the egg, actually getting off the hormonal birth control before you think you need to so that you can establish a really healthy cycle where your hormones are working in flow and that you are ovulating and have a, a good two weeks after you're ovulating where your progesterone is high. So, and also thinking about the nutrients that you're giving your body and making sure that you're getting a wide variety of 
fruits and vegetables and whole um, grass-fed meats and things like that so that you are making sure you're getting your proteins and the good healthy fats and your carbohydrates that are giving you your body all of the nutrients it needs to create the hormones as the basis for for your cycle so that you are ovulating and and creating a healthy flow. Let's see. The other thing I would say is, yeah, I think the starting early is the is the piece especially that I missed. I thought that I would just go off hormonal birth control and we'd get pregnant right away, but I think that there's so many things like the products that we're using on our bodies that we're not even realizing impact our hormones that we assume that we're going to get pregnant right away because we have been preventing pregnancy and been, you know, the way we talk about pregnancy, like we had a pregnancy scare and we're afraid to get pregnant. And then all of a sudden we decide that we want to get pregnant and our body doesn't switch that quickly. So we need to give our body some time to really get ready for having a baby um, and for getting pregnant. Well, where can we go to learn more about you and, and to potentially work with you if that's something that our audience is interested in doing? Yeah, so you can find me um, online at taramccannwellness.com is my website. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find me at taramccannwellness. Either of those spaces is a good space to find me. Perfect. Well, Tara, thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. This has been fun. And that's a wrap. Now it's time to take action. If these ideas are new to you and you're a menstruator, start by tracking your menstrual cycle to learn more about yourself. For further impact, you can join Tracking with Friends. This is a 30-day group program from Tara that provides community support and expert advice to learn more about your menstrual cycle and how to use that information to create the life you want. Details to join are in the show notes on hippiehavenpodcast.com. I'll be back next week with the female founder of an earth-conscious bath towel company and why she believes bringing more hemp products to the U.S. could make our country more sustainable. Remember, knowledge is power, so if you learned something from today's episode, share it with someone you know who'd also benefit from this free resource. If you share the podcast on social media, don't forget to tag and follow us at Hippie Haven Shop, or my personal Instagram is at hippie.ceo. This podcast is produced with the help of my communications coordinator, Ray Lynn, who also helps produce our Hippie Haven YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on YouTube to see more behind the scenes at our Zero Waste Company. You can also support our environmental advocacy work here at Hippie Haven by leaving a review for this podcast in whichever app you're using to listen, or buy us a virtual cup of coffee to keep us going. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Hippie Haven to support our work. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.